we're rolling. What's up? Welcome to Modern Guilt. This is not an election special per se, but we are recording while the election results are rolling in. So, thanks for tuning in, first of all. Tuning in, that's the incorrect fucking phrasing because you don't tune into a podcast, you just hit play because there's no frequency like a radio, but whatever. Thanks for listening. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it is semantics, isn't it? Semantics is something that uh, I have a lot of beef with in life, actually. Um, I feel as though I am someone who gets the raw end of the stick with semantics. How come? I, I tend to use a lot of a lot of really colloquial and slang language. And when I have conversations with smart people, they pull me up on it a lot. Like I'll say like, fuck yeah, I love that shit. And they're just like, oh, do you love that shit, do you? <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, I fucking an, love it. I just said I did. It's an annoying thing to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it really is. Um, or like, or I'll yeah. say like, haha, yeah, bro, I did it because I'm retarded. And they're just like, oh, Hayden, like you can't say that word in 2020. Are you it's actually like, well, retarded? Was like, that diagnosed? Yeah. Well, yeah. like, I'm not saying it because I hate re- retards. I'm saying it because I'm a fucking idiot, and that's just the easiest word for me to use to to explain that. Yeah. Like, do you really think I'm a fucking bigot? Like, do you think that I'm the sort of person who would discriminate against a disabled person? Like, fuck off. No, I'm clearly not. Anyway, I've uh, Um, (laughs) I've finished work just earlier, and I'm nearly finished with this toilet, so, like, it's gone to my head, and I'm fucking angry. No, good on you. Good on you. Um, (laughs) I have beef with semantics as well, but mainly because I don't know i got gaslit when i was trying to use it like i fucking posted somewhere i was like oh it's just semantics and then it was like online somewhere and and someone fucking wrote back like i fucking hate it when cunts use that shit wrong you fucking piece of shit fuck you i hope you fucking die and i was like whoa shit i thought i used it right (laughs) okay rewind i'm I was literally just about to organically and unintentionally use the phrase I'm retarded to describe why you had to explain this to me. Yeah. But anyway, so um, what is gaslighting? I've heard that phrase so many times and I don't even know. Yes, yeah, the end new thing, eh? Um, it's basically like confusing people to make them feel crazy. Um, oh, right. Is the so, way that I understand it. So if I, if, if I, you were like, you know, oh, I did, you know, I was feeling, I, fuck the not going to come up with a good suggestion on the fly here but um a form of psychological manipulation in which a person covertly sows seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or group there Mm, you go yeah you know so like oh people only voted for trump because russia fucked with their minds so really you're getting like manipulated stuff like that would be like gaslighting i'd say yeah 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 Um, okay i get you so we're not actually going to know the election outcome uh, no. Last time I checked CNN, they said that Florida's uh, still up for grabs with 94% of the vote in. <laughs> and really? Trump having... I mean, nah. I don't think it's up for grabs, but they're no. saying it's up for grabs. I think it's, it's just it's fucking clearly not. Um, 98% of the, <laughs> the votes are counted and Trump's up 51% to 47.8. Anybody's race. <laughs> Florida's sealed. Um, Trump's yeah. got Texas, which was another important swing state um texas Pen- nah fuck no texas is always red isn't it no nah, uh joe biden had a lead in texas earlier today um oh, yeah. so that was one that was uh contested um and pennsylvania is proving to be um a really important one apparently yeah. um 
it's looking like Trump will need to 100% win in Pennsylvania um, and Michigan, from what I understand. Um, he's he's ahead 55.2% to 42.2% in Pennsylvania with 46% of the vote counted. Mm. And, in Mich- and in Michigan, he's up by... Uh, 11.5 points over Biden with 44% of the vote counted, but there are postal votes to come in both of those states, uh, which heavily favor the Democrats, um, as you can imagine. So, yeah, fuck. I mean, it's it's up in the air. Mm. Um, so, you know, you, I think you've got to imagine that Biden's probably going to take it out. Um, there will need to be some sort of a surprise later down the line i think for trump to take it but um yeah it's de- it's by no means just de- decided yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what happens um i recently i was actually thinking about trying to make it into like a whole thing but then i just didn't find enough information on it um so i was going to surprise you with this really insightful thing <laughs> but I, I literally only have like two or three sentences of That's good. material <laughs> <laughs> um so i found out the trump veto it was like a, a news story that was I guess, buried earlier this year that he vetoed yeah. the Patriot Act. Um, and the Patriot Act actually wow. hasn't been in effect. Of fucking course. crazy, eh? That so fucking nuts, man. Yeah, See, man. Like, Can you believe that that was buried? Oh, that's just another fucking example of why I want him to win, man. Yep. Like, mainstream institutions peddling a leftist agenda against the interests of the general public. And, oh my God, like, I, I've said it to, to individuals over the course of the last week or two, but I'm going to like, I feel as though almost for my own soul, I need to state my position in favor of Trump on the podcast Mm. because you can have it in a conversation with somebody, but there are interjections and the environment around you can influence how the conversation pans out and all of that kind of shit. But like, so what you just described is like a a perfect piece of hard evidence for why I want Trump to win. That would be like a single issue for me, yeah. Like, I, I would probably vote on that single thing. If it came down to Biden being like, yes, Patriot Act, and then Trump being like, no, I'm not going to vote for the Patriot Act, I think I would decide on that single issue, you know? Yeah, well, um, interestingly, you know, um, Obama, with Biden as his vice president, uh, never mentioned repealing the Patriot Act. Interesting, so, the media um, didn't pick it up because they were all over it for a while, eh? Yeah, so, like, I mean, I'm sure, obviously, Biden's influence is limited in the VP position, but, you know, anyway, shit, son. Fuck it. What are you going to do? Um, I feel <laughs> you as well. I have, like, met a very small few people who are, like, quite critical um, on the whole election. A lot of people are just like, yeah, why would anyone want that? Americans are so dumb. How could yeah. they believe in QAnon? <laughs> you know, it's just like so fucking annoying. Yeah, um, yeah. Just know, like, like I saw I this funny thing Times. on Colbert. And it's just like, oh, makes me fucking sick. I yeah, it. it's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, I hate election season. I can't wait till this shit's over. I'm fucking you. You, you know, right I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you out. You say that you hate it, but you love it. You fucking love it because you're a, you're a masochist, man. Yeah, true. You fucking I guess to love a degree, it so yeah. much. Get, like, you to do. A degree. You do. Um, my jumping back quickly, um, yeah. which is probably going to happen a lot this episode because I of believe course, you're yeah. a little tipsy and I'm going to get a little tipsy and, you know, why not? But uh, my fucking conspiracy radar has been going off the hook since I found out about the Patriot Act. Like, oh, you don't say. There was... Yeah, well, I've been thinking... 
Um, you know, obviously there's been a, like a couple blockbuster things that Rogan had. He had Glenn Greenwald on and Alex Jones and quick succession. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Greenwald was really interesting because he effectively was like talking about how, you know, the NSA, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to butcher this basically like had, you know, totally was doing complete illegal spying, um, which I weirdly forgot about in the massive fucking bullshit news lately. Yeah, of course. Um, and, and just kind of like how disgusting it was what they were doing and how courts ruled that it was illegal, blah, blah, blah. And I've been thinking, you know, like with the Patriot Act not being, um, you know, renewed, I've been thinking like, I wonder if large tech is freaking out over that because, you know, they probably hinge somewhat on the ability of like, you know, the NSA to spy and how that might help them with their own spyware because edward snowden effectively said that google was like an arm of the nsa you know Hmm. yeah that's an interesting question oh sorry had you oh well no i was gonna say so this push against them like there's been such a fucking obvious push in the last like week and a bit where it's like anything that is kind of like the big tech can rally against they do you know like the hunter biden was a classic scandal yeah, yeah. Uh, that was just, it would have been bullshit had it been allowed. I think it kind of would have sort of, you know, gone up and people might have said like, oh yeah, it looks like there might be something dodgy here, but it's sort of, you know, it's kind of hard to know. And then it probably would have faded into the background had there not mm-hmm. been so like a massive crackdown upon it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Twitter was just like, nah, <laughs> you know, and locked the fucking New York Post's um, Twitter account. It's just outrageous, eh? It is pretty fucking outrageous. Um with regards to um, the tech industry's concerns about the Patriot Act being repealed, though, I don't know um, to what extent there is like a functional relationship between the likes of the NSA and the CIA and tech companies. Um, if anything, I think tech companies typically resist those kinds of surveillance programs because their interests lie in providing um, the guise of... Um, what am I saying? Their interests lie in tricking their consumer base into the idea that they have their best interests at heart, right? And mm. like like Apple banks hugely on the fact that it won't turn over cracked iPhones to the CIA and the NSA. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think Facebook and Google probably do similar things, but there is also this dynamic at play that like Noam Chomsky touched on or at least that's where i first sort of became aware of it where um the military industrial complex sees like the pentagon given these like multi-trillion dollar budgets i'm just pulling that figure out of the air so it might not be but whatever you can call me out on it fact check it regardless it's hundreds and hundreds of billions um and a part of a part of the reason the military industrial complex is so successful is because um these the Pentagon funds uh, scientific and research and technology projects, um, and out of the ones that are suitable for like military use, they get obviously kept within the Pentagon and handed to the um, relevant military branch. And the the others that aren't particularly useful for military use but are still valuable get palmed out to massive corporations. So like that's the reason that like. Um, you know, your Fortune 500 companies sort of perpetuate the status quo and thereby the military-industrial complex because the likes of the NSA 
is a part of an apparatus that actually does like um, partly fuel massive tech companies. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of those ride on the, the momentum or the, the resources of the Pentagon, which is pretty fucking crazy, I think. And I think that's maybe where Edward Snowden was saying like Google is an arm of the NSA, hmm. potentially. So yeah. <laughs> so speaking of massive tech, um, the headline came out, um, I think it was actually the end of last week now we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. I think this might have dropped on like Friday. Yeah. Um, uh, Trump has just moved up to 118 electoral college votes to Joe Biden's 209, which is stayed stationary um, as a little update. But regardless, um, <laughs> yeah, um, we need a, a soundboard to do like <laughs> applause effects, <sighs> or just like I think that would really improve our ratings. Eh? It, it might do. Uh, I mean, laugh track. Yeah, I'm um on on the verge of dropping a splashing a little bit of money into some uh, improved gear, which I think our listeners will like because this is lo-fi as fuck, and it's yeah. like. Is very obvious, but um, Part of um charm. yeah, I, I mean, I think it is actually at this point. The yeah. whole show might have to um, have to uh, pivot and <laughs> find a whole new angle if our production quality inc- improves. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So what I was go- what I was saying though is that um, last week the media took a, a very small detail from a SpaceX document um, which outlined the fact that SpaceX's impending Mars colony will not adhere to any laws um, formulated on Earth because yep. uh, Mars should be beyond like the, the sovereign uh, sort of jurisdiction of, of any state um, on our planet, which I think is actually very true and the media decided that they wanted to turn this into a huge deal and used it as a way to villainize elon musk um following that i mean what isn't a way to villainize elon musk though right like he could fucking i don't know drive his tesla from his house to his workplace (laughs) and someone would figure out a way to hate him for it i really like him and there's only been like two or three times that i've kind of been like yeah he's a bit of a dickhead um but in a funny way you know, just sorry to interrupt. No, don't be but, sorry, man. Yeah, okay. I'll take it back then. But um, <laughs> the one, the only time that's really coming to mind is when he got in a feud with that diver trying to save those children. Oh, <laughs> he called, it, called him a pedo. <laughs> but living in Thailand. And he raises <laughs> a, like, reasonable point as well, you know. Um, <laughs> that, like, you know, like, I do kind of think that if you're living in Thailand, especially as, like, a presumably single 45 year old white male um there's questions you know that people are gonna have. <laughs> yeah i've been to southeast asia i fucking oh, know of course, i man. fucking yeah. know um I, i'm I just really into buddhism with you. <laughs> and i like the fish tanks and i put my feet in it like no dude no you're only there for feet in the fish tanks i did that um, I had tiny fish eat the dead skin from my feet. Was um, it enough to relocate? I wouldn't say it was, no. Um, that's it. And, it's not. But that's because I don't have that uh, classic 
pedophilic drive. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, um, that whole thing was fucking funny as well. That guy's yeah. a poor sport. He can't take a good joke. That was hilarious. I yeah. thought it was fucking hilarious too, dude. Um, although, <laughs> the, like, there, that was an interesting thing because Elon Musk's little submarine whatever thing he was doing, like, there was no chance that fucking thing was going to help change the outcome for these children. Yeah. And I, I've, I feel as though Elon probably had the best um, intentions when he offered that assistance. Um, but from the perspective of the other guy, you could easily see why you would think that Elon Musk was just trying to capitalize on a crisis for PR. Mm. Um, so like that guy lashing out or critiquing Elon's, uh, you know, actions there, I think is justified or understandable. But also Elon's point, I mean, like, it's so true, man. You know, like, he's a fucking 45-year-old former British Navy SEAL living in rural Thailand. Like, yeah, man, like, you're there for the fucking... I just like the countryside. Yeah, Leave me alone. I mean, if, if, you're not, if you're not a pedophile, you're at least making the most of uh, your legal options. <laughs> with regards to vagina yeah man um, like you know and he doesn't look like the type to be into opium you know you can excuse it if you have a bad opium habit and you need to fucking be somewhere where it's accessible and then at that point it's like oh okay you know fair enough man but he's not an opium eater you can tell you can tell why <laughs> he's got too much get up and go so he's got the get up and go of a gross pedophile living in thailand well, there you Incoming go. lawsuit, yeah, but like... Yeah, incoming, yeah. We've probably defamed some fucking guy. Um, although we haven't um, we haven't said his name, so maybe we're yeah. legally free. Oh, he's just, he's not worth remembering. Anyway, uh, that, was the, that was the only time he was in hot water in my eyes that I can think of. And the other time was like his big battle with the SEC. But that was just so fucking ridiculous ridiculously entertaining that like you know it was a 20 million dollar joke um, what was the SEC? okay so he tweeted uh that he was taking tesla private at um 420 like at 420 dollars a yeah. share yeah um, right. as a very obvious like cannabis joke yeah yeah um and said that he had funding secured and like the fucking tesla stock price just went like way up and so he got sued by a bunch of short sellers, like people betting that Tesla was going to fall, mm. um, that were like, oh, you know, he's um, manipulating the market. So the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission that effectively investigate whether or not, um, you know, people are like trying to manipulate the stock, came in and said, uh, oh, yeah, like he actually is manipulating the um, stock price with his tweets. Um, and basically gave him a it was like a conditional fine or something that he had to step down um as chairman of tesla for i think it was like a year or two years oh my god on the details and fine him 10 million dollars um and then he called them the fucking like um short selling exchange commission or something like that just just like doubled down and fucking was like (laughs) tweeting at them that they were just like you know just just ragging on them publicly so they came back and they're like actually it's going to be 20 million dollars now and three years that you have to step down as a chairman uh and then he accepted it so (laughs) props man uh, yeah straight up don't let legend don't let that bullshit go without a fucking wisecrack yeah, mad lad of of the fucking Fortune 500. So mm. anyway, sorry to interrupt. 
What was Don't be story? sorry, no. Um, <laughs> so, um, right, I was looking at this uh, media coverage and social media reaction to um, Elon Musk's assertion that SpaceX would, um, you know, formulate their own uh, system of governance on Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that led me to say to myself, like, obviously, you know, people are outraged about the idea that... Um, a guy running a private company should be able to like determine the law on a planet where humans are probably going to be living. Yeah. Um, but I was like, well, like, can he, you know, legally, is that okay? Mm. And did a bunch of research and he fucking can. And like, he probably should. Right. Because yeah. like the, the systems of governance that we have, particularly in the West on earth, um, because obviously there's a broad range of systems of governance and I'm not going to fucking talk about the way that uh, like Zulu nation in the in Africa govern their fucking tribal societies because yeah. I don't know about that. But <laughs> there are clear shortcomings and areas that our systems of governance are lacking in yeah. and which are constrained by these sort of now ancient institutions and apparatuses like what we mentioned earlier the military industrial complex is an excellent example of the way um systems of governance are skewed to favor um you know capitalists and large corporations so if elon musk was to form a colony on mars can you think of any reason why he should not be able to come up with his own set of laws no well, that's the way it's always been, uh, you know, the, <laughs> right. like, yeah, was it, um, I think that the institutions that be are very afraid of the fact that people might wake up. This is fucking, this is really good. I was thinking about this, um, while I was, so I just went on a big road trip to everyone that's unaware, um, on my own. And <laughs> oh, lone wolf. Uh, and, and as I was driving back, you know, on this, it was about like about a four hour drive. Um, and I was thinking about how effectively uh people who make the rules are the ones that kind of just had the most force you know um Mm -hmm. and if people wake up to that fact i think it's going to be really really interesting then i don't think people have yet and uh i'm actually this is something that i really wanted to talk about this is fitting in quite well but i mean if elon's the first person on mars and he has the capital and he's fucking set himself up there then who is going to make the rules the states they're not the you know the un fuck that like, he gets to, of course he gets to dictate the rules. He's the fucking guy there who paid for it. Or, you know, I guess the astronauts that land could revolt. Um, but the fact is, we we haven't in our lifetime had that, uh, you know, happen. Where, like, a new country's really been formed and set up its own constitution and its own set of rules and all that sort of jazz. So, yeah, I definitely think it's something that's on the cards. Well... Interesting. Um, I'm just looking for the quote now. Um, mm. What about Gosh. the people of color on Mars? He's uh, a colonist. <laughs> you know, like fuck off. <laughs> so this is frustrating. Um, That's all good. Sorry, I was just about to basically say though that you we're talking about um, just for the ease of discussion. You and I are talking about Elon Musk. De- uh formulating the system of governance on mars but it's not even uh 
him that's going to be doing it. It's um, the people who first moved there. Elon has said that he would eventually like to move to Mars and probably die there, but he's not going to be amongst the first people that go. Um, and I'm just trying to find... Uh, I want to find the exact quote so I can read it out. But essentially, you know, the... the um, principle outlined in the document says that um, the the people that set up the colony will be the ones who um, establish the laws, you know? So mm. it's not even like he's trying to just um, fucking... It's not some sort of weird, like, uh, uh, interplanetary power grab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's fair, right? Like, I mean, you... you I, so <laughs> I don't understand where... I mean, I guess the outrage comes from... Um, you know, just like a sense of having to feel like woke on the issues or whatever, uh, you know, and immediately jump to anything that's potentially going to improve their moral standing within their assumed, you know, target audience. But why, why wouldn't that happen? You know, like if it's, that's what it should be. That's what it always should have been. Group of people living together, deciding how they want to treat each other and how, the, and, and the methods and modes that they want to go about, um, you know, creating their own society together, which is kind of like, when you think about it, it's like, oh yeah, well, I guess that's how it always should have been. And it's kind of weird that on reflection, we've really lost our way, that that's not what it's about and anymore. A normal way to do things. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like we're so far away from um that is a you know modus operandi um it's like why why aren't we doing that now yeah Instead i mean it is a great for, question right oh um fucking jacinda I've, will decide how we go. i found this quote here right so um and I'm, I'm going to read the, the paragraph to sort of contextualize it. For services provided to, on, or in orbit around the planet Earth or the moon, these terms and any disputes between us arising out of or related to these terms, including disputes regarding arbitrability, will be governed by and construed in accordance with the laws of the state of California in the United States. So he's talking about travel, you know. Mm. Um, for services provided on Mars or in transit to Mars via Starship or other colonization spacecraft, the parties recognize Mars as a free planet and that no Earth-based government has authority or sovereignty over Martian activities. Accordingly, disputes will be settled through self-governing principles established in good faith at the time of Martian settlement. Um, and so I just want to reiterate, you can, um, you know... People can doubt me if they like, but I've read multiple journal articles on um, the current laws and agreements governing space, space travel, and like potential use of resources mm. or um, the settlement of other planets. And he's completely free to do this. So um, if we have any listeners who wanted to jump on the, the outrage bandwagon and uh, as if they're ever going to fucking be on Mars anyway, right? He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking... Oh, yeah. They're like, they're, they're, you know, so, you're not going to fucking Mars, okay? Yeah. None of us are. I'm just Maybe... worried about the trans people that end up on Mars and whether they get <laughs> represented. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, what if um that 45-year-old guy in Thailand wants to go to <laughs> Mars and then everyone's allowed to just publicly call him a pedo? There's no, um, there's no yeah. laws um, preventing uh, public defamation. Well, he won't because Mars doesn't have what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. That's fucking gnarly. Um, so here's another question to you. Um, yeah. 
that's really interesting and, and it's kind of like you know it's a it's a grand new age of um space travel and you know mm. if they do get to mars which i really hope they do then that would be great i i hope that they set up their own charter and they start their own civilization and it's glorious you know because it'll be good for us in the long run but a long time ago peter thiel of paypal fame Yes. Um, was talking about creating a little island because he wanted to set up his own country, you know, and he was going to make it out of like something or other. And as far as I understand it, the whole thing's kind of fallen flat on its face. Um, I don't think he really got anywhere with the whole idea, but it was a really interesting thought experiment that, you know, you could, oh, you found another beer. Sure right. did. I'm already <laughs> through my second there. Um, you know, it, it's a really interesting idea that someone with a lot of money can go set up their own country and their own state. So his idea was creating a floating island, basically. And, like, mm -hmm. it would be run, you know, as, like, Teal uh, Corporation or whatever. Um, and he would assumedly do whatever the fuck he wants there and create his own set of rules and laws, um, which was met with a lot of backlash from the media, you know, because Peter Teal is so fucking hated by, like modern media which which is like kind of fair he is a bit of a bastard right i don't know i don't know anything about him except oh, okay for his, his name you know he set up paypal uh and then he set up palantir or i might be spelling that palantir right. palantir which is like basically a um data whoring company that yeah just sucks up like all the fucking data in the world and sells it off to like the cia and the fbi um yeah. so they're just like a mass spyware company they're fucking crazy and they pretty much only exclusively do tech for defense contracts um, oh that's disgusting yeah he's like a real gnarly motherfucker eh? he's just you know there is a big, I don't know if it was ever confirmed, but he was really interested in using like the blood of the young to keep himself uh, youthful. It's just like, he's just like a, like an evil, he's the the new Larry Ellison. He's like a fucking evil tech, you know, um, yeah. oligarch. Um, so I know that we're, we're getting off track a little bit here, but I just wanted to point out to the listeners that um like the word palantir, comes from um the work of jrr tolkien like the lord of the rings were you aware of this no yeah so um the palantirs in the world of the lord of the rings are these sort of like crystal balls essentially that are like um you know uh equipped with this sort of dark magic and that if you um control the crystal balls you can communicate between them um, in the context of the world in the Lord of the Rings where no sort of like telecommunication or long distance communication is possible um, and can also um, essentially like uh, see into the, the future and read the thoughts of powerful people in the world around you. So like Peter Thiel has, by the sounds of it, watched the Lord of the Rings been like that's a pretty sick concept yeah. um and then created a fucking company that can essentially do what those objects in the films can do pretty and much. it's worth it's worth noting as well that you know the main use of the palantirs in the lord of the rings films um is between saruman and sauron to communicate with one another so oh like right you know i fuck i yeah. remember that yeah, yeah so yeah. they're like exclusively used by villains um and Interestingly enough as well, there's a part in the film where um, when the Fellowship captures uh, and kills Saruman, they seize control of one of the Palantirs and they take it so that 
Sauron, the uh, main villain and the sort of lord of Mordor, cannot communicate with his enemies or so that they can intercept his communication. Mm. And Gandalf explicitly kind of like ensures that none of the other um, sort of like good guys or the characters in the Fellowship can even hold or have the opportunity to consider viewing the Palantir because the power of the vision that it can provide you is corrupting. Yeah. Um, and also because once you, when you you utilize it, not only can you see through it, but everyone else with the Palantir can see you. Um, so like these are really fucking interesting sort of like philosophical and conceptual ideas that all I think point to Peter Thiel being a fucking dark motherfucker. <laughs> like, um, yeah, strongly encourage anyone to check out Peter Thiel more because, like, I have a certain amount of respect for anyone that is willing to be the villain, uh, and openly so, you know? Like, he wrote a book called Zero to One that you can check out, which is basically his whole strategy for, like, dominating different areas of, um, of you know, in, in the marketplace. Oh, right, and, I've read that, yeah. Oh, have you? Oh, okay, mm. so yeah, that's Peter Thiel. Right, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his whole that that's kind of his whole thing. He's he's ruthless as well. You get the idea from the book that he's just very much like very calculating and you know and cold and stuff. And now he has probably more data than fucking anyone else in yeah. the entire world. So I'm just going to I'm to just him. gonna read one more thing um on Palantirs as they relate to the Lord of the Rings. And yeah. then we'll we'll continue down this this path okay um, yeah, go on. Yeah. so this paragraph albeit from wikipedia um summarizes quite well like the sort of ambiguity of power um as it relates to you know mass surveillance and data collection um a major th- a major theme of palantir usage is that while the stones show real objects or events they are an unreliable guide to action and it is often unclear whether events are past or future What is not shown may be more important than what is selectively presented. Further, users with sufficient power can choose what to show and what to conceal. In The Lord of the Rings, all uses of palantiri influence the action through deception or misreading of what is shown. Commentators such as Paul Kocher note the hand of providence in their usage, while Joseph Pierce compares Sauron's use of the stones to broadcast wartime propaganda. So that just um, sort of summarizes the the potential pros and cons and ambiguity around the you know um the value of data and surveillance yeah awesome anyway shout out to peter teal um legend (laughs) Um, just about to crack but by the way shout out to the fact that this is the first pod that we've been both drinking in a long time so i can't remember the last one (laughs) that's actually a fucking Excellent yeah, point. That's man. the real shout out. Shout out to Peter Thiel, the guy in Thailand, and the fact that we're both drinking right now. So you know, even if that dude in Thailand <laughs> is a pedo, he'd be <laughs> down for a beer at any moment. Hey. Oh fucking hey! Guys yeah. in Thailand love fucking beers, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, ever since I've watched The Act of Killing, I've like legitimately been thinking in my mind, like, man, maybe I should go back. Back we to should. Indonesia. Yeah, just like, part of me, man, is like cold there, you know? And just, I look at it and I watch that docker and I just remember like living in hell country and like, you know, feeling like I was living at the end of the world with, you know, the, the fucking red 
sky and like the the smell of sewer and you can literally smell the four horsemen man you know you can can (laughs) fucking smell like pestilence and famine and like and and everything and it's just lightning storms every day fuck it's good anyway getting off track no Um, no, i mean we were never on track makes me fucking keen you know like i just Mm. i miss it i miss it dearly no i i completely understand what you mean i think um a part of the great appeal of of Southeast Asia um, is the fact that regardless of how well off you are or how lucky you or privileged you are, being there just entails you suffering a tiny bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the landscape and the feel and the mood of the place, the uh, the unforgiving climate. Um, makes you feel as though you're sort of like on the threshold of something or you're on in some sort of a frontier and i think that's really fucking invigorating right yeah yeah the new pathogens that you get to discover um <laughs> i don't know about you man but i just got so sick eh? i lost 10 kgs like i was a fucking skeleton by the time that's I was fucking leaving. mental i didn't get sick once i mean actually i did get sick but not by virtue of my environment it was completely um self-induced Oh really? Um, oh, you got wasted. Yeah, I mean, oh. but it like in a pretty unique way. So like, I'll recount, <laughs> I'll recount the tale. So, yeah. um, I mean, there there is actually a, a far broader context to this episode that I could describe to you another time, which I think makes it even more kind of odd and bizarre. But anyway, um, my friend and I had managed to. Uh, bribe our way out of like the peasant class carriage on the train um that was was traveling uh down south into the south of vietnam from the north um and we found our way into a cabin that had like a you know a four bunk bed cabin um and there was like two bathrooms per carriage or something which was you know nicer than the carriage we were previously in which was just like wooden planks with people who had like live animals and chickens and shit in the carriage um yeah and i um i met these two swedish dudes who were sort of inexplicably insanely rich despite the fact that they were only like 20 years old yeah and um I had only like a limited amount of cigarettes and only a limited amount of alcohol on me. Um, By the way, can we do a quick shout out to Philip Morris? Like, fuck, I miss Siggy's so much. <laughs> I fucking love Siggy's, man. Like, I love Malbaret's. Anyway, carry on. Mm. I just like miss no, it no, dearly. Let's, eh? we'll, it's we'll like st- it's like a we'll long lost love, bit. man. A long lost girlfriend that you just pine for sometimes. Oh, you know, I... you just think about like like. Just all the times that you had, like, with Marlboro Reds and how fucking good they were. You know, know? I have distinct (laughs) memories, man, of somehow you got a hold of these uh, Chinese cigarettes called Double Happiness. Oh, yeah, I cut them off the the bro Gary straight out of China. Shout out to Gary. um, You came over and just, like, gave me a pack of these because you got them for so cheap. And I was like, Jesus, okay. And you're like, these are gnarlier than Marlboro Reds. I'm like, oh, it sounds good. And me and you chained those motherfuckers like there was they were the last ones on earth. Um, yeah. But it's interesting that you touch on the sort of like beauty of nostalgia of cigarettes because um, I was talking to uh, my boss and friend Al recently, and he's like, "Oh, like 
do you smoke six? And I'm just like, oh no, but you know, I never live a day of my life without wishing that I did. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, really? I'm like, oh yeah, dude. Like, honestly, there are like, I could probably list on one hand things in my life that I miss as much as smoking. Yeah. And it, it's fucked. Like, I know that I'm just a broken shell of an individual and that, like, it's pathetic and I'm obviously an addict and I'll just never be able to, like, shake the craving and the, the hunger for nicotine and, and cigarettes. But Yeah. And even, even talking about how much I love cigarettes is something that I enjoy doing. I know. <laughs> like, it's fucking, it's so fucked. Did you just send me a link? Uh, yeah, I just came across a photo that kind of like encapsulates the whole mood um, that I came across because I have like a stream going right now and the other one while I'm monitoring the elections. And it's just like, you know. Who the fuck are these cunts? That's Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking, you know, he's looking back on that photo. Maybe we'll share oh, wow. We'll it's Hunter Biden, like in one of those classic couple photos. Um, that's just the mood, you know? It's just, like, someone that that's you clearly had a lot of fun with. Peak just... cigarettes, hey? <laughs> yeah, just peak fucking cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. We'll have to share this image. I'm going to... I'll save it right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that Hunter Biden is quickly becoming, like, the totem of our podcast. <laughs> oh, he's, he's the generation's bad boy. Like, he's all good, man. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, like... <laughs> Even Glenn Greenwald being like, yeah, Hunter Biden, like, took money from Ukraine and just partied and smoked crack. I'm like, what a <laughs> Sounds like a fucking good situation. <laughs> Can you imagine that dude's memoirs? Yeah. They're going to be so epic, man. It would almost be, like, more of a scandal if it was leaked that you didn't do that. Yeah. If you yeah. had the opportunity to do that and you squandered it like a bitch. <laughs> Hunter Biden turned down $3.5 and sat around in his hotel room by himself. Like, yeah, well, Oh. Yeah. oh man now i'm i'm having last minute doubts about my my presidential preference maybe i want joe um now fuck so, hunter so isn't hunter joe be... trump's hunter i reckon <laughs> oh wow like, what a dark paradox yeah man yeah his own son he's there's no way that those two get along i reckon no fucking way you know oh i don't know i i would uh look this is probably a very like inaccurate analogy to draw but um i've been through periods where i've been like pretty unhinged and unreliable (laughs) and just like generally not that i don't know i don't think i was ever like a bad person but like i wasn't particularly like useful to society or humanity right yeah and like like, uh, agent of chaos yeah, an agent of chaos is a great yeah. way to describe what I was. Like, if it was Dungeons and Dragons, I would be chaotic good, yeah. I think. Um, and, like, so right now I'm saying that me during that period was Hunter Biden and my dad was Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like a pretty, like, a normal guy, responsible and, like, somewhat successful. And it's just like, hey, dad, it's me, your fucking loose son. Like, this is the. F- once a fortnight time, I come over hungover and have dinner in your house. And, like, he just found a way to love me. So, you know, like... Shout out to Wayno, eh? Fucking yeah, big, big shout out to the W. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Fuck so it. yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think Joe and Hunter are tighter than you'd expect. Yeah, no, um, fair enough, fair enough. And, um, you know, I think Joe also has like a dark underbelly. I imagine his first sort of 15 years in politics were, were far looser than he'd like to admit. Yeah. You know, there was like the 80s, the cocaine fucking wave, dude. Yeah. I'm sure everyone in Washington was just, you know. You gotta be on fucking something grand to be fucking time. that into railroads there. Like, that doesn't happen normally. No way. Amtrak Joe is a product of a fucking very loose period. Um, yeah, you know, shout out to... There's a lot of shout outs going on here, but uh, shout out to being a fucking loose unit and your dad fucking just taking you out for a meal as well and kind oh, of just quietly up. accepting it. Like, fuck, man, and- I had the same thing. It's such a, a good feeling of, like... You, I feel like at that point, if, if you're at, like, a really low point and you show up and, you, you know, you're meant to, like, catch up with your old man or whatever, um, and he like you're clearly like fucked or rinsed or you know he's done something like try and check in on you uh and he still kind of like just pushes that aside quietly but takes you out for a meal or you know takes you out for a beer or whatever you do together Uh that says quite a lot really i completely agree um i think that that is very valuable and shouldn't go unacknowledged um particularly and you know because life is just layers upon layers like because in a lot of instances, those fathers have been the rinsed son. Yeah. You know, so like you and I, when we have some kids and in and in fucking 30 years or some shit, our like 22-year-old like bordering on junkie son comes over to our place and is like, hey, dad, what's up? You're like, you'd be thinking like, yeah, you're a repulsive piece of shit. But like yeah. fucking also you're having a knock, like fucking great hustle. Yeah. Let's have him feed. It's, yeah, it's fucking true. It's such a good point, eh? Because yeah. I feel like you'll know the difference as well. Like, when you see your son and you see them, um, you know, like, going down, like, a really gnarly path, uh, you know the difference between, like, this is a phase and he's partying hard um, and my son has, like, a legitimate fucking issue, you know? <laughs> well, I, there's, there's a fucking I'll, line, I'll man. You just in. know. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, he pulled his shit together. You can't fucking say that he hasn't, like, you know, done I mean, I don't, I don't even know what he's doing right now, to be perfectly honest. I'm not going to uh, say that he has, because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Producing quality content. Um, so, um, getting on my live stream. <laughs> I'm going to uh, uh, read the contents of the meme that I sent you yesterday. Yeah. Um, so, this is like an edited news article with a... <laughs> uh, photograph of Hunter Biden wearing Ray-Bans in a hotel room while wearing only a leather jacket. I mean, sorry, only a denim jacket. So the headline reads, Hunter Biden loses or destroys so many pairs of Ray-Bans he tried to get them insured. <laughs> the 50-year-old spent a fortune on insurance for the classic sunglasses. Graphic videos show him apparently accidentally sitting down on multiple pairs in a hotel room. <laughs> While Hunter's demons have been well chronicled, his recklessness is staggering. Hunter Biden became so addicted to mid-market sunglasses that he once spent $11,400 on a single afternoon of debauchery at a New York sunglass (laughs) hut and shelled out more than $21,000 to an online sunglass retailer. The scale of the descent of Joe Biden's son into a morass of compulsive shopping, leaving him open to possible blackmail attempts, is laid bare in hundreds of documents and Excel budgets on his abandoned laptop. 
The 50-year-old spent a fortune on sunglasses and ran up massive fees with creditors, often compulsively buying and throwing away perfectly good pairs after a single scratch. <laughs> that's fucking gold, eh? So, that's good pretty it. fucking good. What a boss, eh? What a, what a sicko. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I was just about to say we should get Hunter Biden on the pod. <laughs> right as I said that, obviously I realised that's not going to happen because Hunter is well under uh under guard i'd imagine um he probably has like a permanent uh watcher and press secretary to like govern his communications with the outside world at least until biden most yeah. likely wins the election but i was gonna say um little uh guest update um firstly i said we would try get john mcafee on the pod and i said that we would also try and get kim jong-un on the pod and I'd like people to know that when I say this, I mean it. I am trying. I'm not just saying it like... Yeah, shout out to yeah. you, man. That's fucking... I really, really love the effort. Um, Thank everything. you. So if any of our listeners think that I'm talking shit, suck my dick, but don't because I'm married. Aiden's going hard. Do it spiritually. Yeah. So... Um, just make a motion at me. Yeah, make a motion at me from a distance. Um, so I'm about to follow up again with John McAfee's wife. Um, just fucking tweet at her right (laughs) yeah i need to um yeah so um john mcafee um posted his wife's email address on twitter and said that uh you know he's taking um press inquiries for interviews and the like so i emailed his his beautiful wife janice um and suggested to her that we should develop some sort of a pen pal relationship with John because he can't do do phone or video interviews because he's in prison, obviously. So, but what we can do is text, written, whatever. So I thought it would be very cool if, although John doesn't need us because he has Twitter, yeah. I thought it would be great if we could serve as a conduit for him to express his thoughts in a long form sort of method. So he could send us letters and we'll receive these letters and read them out to the world and then we'll respond with a letter of our own with some of our own thoughts and some questions on his previous letter and then he can respond with whatever the fuck he wants um so that was my pitch to john mcafee um i've also been in touch with who are these guys um i've also been in touch with the national committee on north korea who um, are an American-based uh, sort of non-for-profit or think tank, whatever you want to call it, who aim to facilitate engagement between North Korea and the West. Um, there are no available um, email addresses or phone numbers for the North Korean consulates in the countries that they actually have one in, so I wasn't able to contact them. But I figure a good place to start is to speak to a North, an expert on engagement with North Korea. So... I've hit these guys up and I've said, hey, you know, we care deeply about giving Kim Jong-un someone to talk to because he's probably got a lot on his plate and no one's really trying to do that for him. And we think the best way to help out the people in North Korea is by having a fucking good conversation, right? I mean, really, it would be. It would be, absolutely. Um, Which, by the way, 
is something that we should give our man Donald a little pat on the back for. No one talks about that, so thank well, you. Well, no one talks about a lot of shit. Like, I was kind of shocked to find out that uh, the whole Patriot Act, you know, that was deeply buried, man. It wasn't reported. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge um, one, man, actually. Yeah. We didn't spend enough time on that. Well, yeah, and it's something that I'd love to know more about, but I just am not that informed. Um, and I don't know how much there is really to say. But, I mean, he basically... There's been a couple of things like that where he's just kind of, like, really fucking shot down. You know, um, pulling the troops out of Afghanistan is another big one. Oh, 100 um, fucking percent. Yeah, and, you know, like, the left's sort of standard response is, he's doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, and it's like... But, okay, was Obama doing it for the right ones? Uh, yeah, he's doing the right thing no. for the wrong reasons, you know, with the, the right thing being um, bombing, like, fucking, fucking, you know, people in Afghanistan. He's just, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think uh, good for him for doing that. That's really admirable, despite what he fucking says or does. I don't even despite know why he attracts so much hate. Everything he is. Oh, I mean, he's a pretty repugnant person. Well, like, let's, let's not detract from the fact that he does some terrible things. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. 100%. Um, but I just think it's a little overblown and I'm more of the mind now that a lot of it's pushed by, you know, like a uh, nefarious agenda to make him out to be significantly worse than what he really is. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's um, that's an opinion that I'm sure a million people have, uh, you don't need to hear it from me, but that's where my opinion lies anyway. A um, little update. Um, mm -hmm. I'm out of beer. That's my fucking update. How miserable is that? That's pretty fun. I might take a piss and go have a look for another beer, right? Because that's a little dire. I'm only three in and, you know, need more. <laughs> um, okay, so you can do that in a minute. Um, <laughs> uh, the Associated Press has just given Biden Hawaii, which is worth four electoral college votes out of the 270 required to win. They're always um, Democrats, though. Yeah, no, they are. 0% um, yeah. of the vote has been counted, but they have, for whatever reason, now decided um to assign that to biden uh while trump remains on 118 votes so you can go and piss and i'll oh, see you in a okay. second cool sweet all right see you soon what did you find i'm just on one of those like steal whatever's around missions uh uh long white vodka I think it's my girlfriend. She's going to get super oh, pissed about that. No, no, that's a great move. But whatever. Um, <laughs> I am also drinking some alcohol that doesn't belong to me. So uh, cheers to that. Shout out to fucking alcohol that I, doesn't belong can to you, right? We can only hope that our listeners are doing the same thing. Yeah, uh, you should definitely be drinking on such a historic date. Regardless of the outcome, I think it's worthy. Yes, um, absolutely. Much more um, interesting than New Zealand elections. Oh, hey, Sorry. man, they've got their little place. they got their place. Um, yeah. But speaking of uh, elections and and guests, yeah. uh, next week we're going to be talking to Sandy Beyer, who's the National D Director of um, the Australian Republic Movement, which mm. I think will be quite interesting. Um, won't talk about it too much right now because, you know, we probably want to save the info for the pod, but basically... These guys uh, want to see Australia's head of state um, changed someone who is no longer the Queen of England, which is, to me, an absolutely fucking reasonable request, um, and possibly secede from the Commonwealth. So I think that'll be an interesting conversation. Mm -hmm. I think it will be. 
Yeah. Is there any sort of um, Republic movement in New Zealand? There is. Uh, John Key was really behind it, like a former prime oh, minister cool. that we had. Yeah. Um, but he, as far as I'm aware, he like didn't get very far with it because we have a very conservative base here. Like a lot of people like to think of New Zealand as some progressive wonderland, but it's it really isn't. Not. No, no it's very conservative. Eh? There's like progressive pockets. Um, there's everyone on the Reddit, uh, the the New Zealand subreddit, and then there's like Which actual is people, woeful, right? <laughs> even New Zealand, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, um, I'm sure like a lot of people know, but if you don't, um, and no shame to you, uh, the cannabis bill to make you know recreational cannabis legal in New Zealand was shot down um, last week. And that really wasn't a surprise for a lot of people. Some people were fucking like outrageously salty about it. Um, like being like, oh, fucking Burma should die. You know, which is like, I'm really, I'm for the legalization of everything, really. But, um, you know, I, <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone should die. I think that's kind of a little bit overboard. Um, but yeah, that, that, that fucking happened basically. And it's not a surprise at all because like we have a fucking really old conservative base that effectively, you know, are still kind of like fresh off the boat from England here, you know, they're they're like stuck in colonial land. So, I mean, and, and like we've talked about on the pod, man, the fucking yes campaign is gross. They're, they're gross. They, I, they make me want to vote. Yeah. I voted yes yeah. because, you know, I like civil liberty and I like the option of saying yes or no to something, regardless of uh-huh. what it is. But fucking hell, man, don't get a bunch of dreadlocked losers. And, you know, if you know him, Russell Brown, who's just this fucking moralizing asswipe, uh, you know, who's like, oh, you know, cannabis should be legal because it just should. And if you don't vote yes, you're a bad person. Like, don't get those people. They're bad. The reason it won in fucking Colorado and Canada was because, like, sensible people from, like, you know, suburban families were already doing it. It was actually decriminalized for a long time, I think, beforehand as well. Um, And it was, like, widely accepted at that point. Whereas, like, you get, like, these fuckwits over here pushing the fucking yes campaign. And it's like, of course people are going to vote no. Yeah. It's... uh... They're predatory as well, which is the big thing, you know. Mm, They often are. Um... So, as well as the um, results of the marijuana legalization referendum in New Zealand, mm. we recently had uh, the Queensland state election on Saturday just passed, four yeah, days ago. Yeah, fucking A. Yeah. So, that was largely unsurprising, but interesting nonetheless. Um, it was Unsurprising, a real... do you reckon? Yeah. I mean, I found it unsurprising. I think... Uh, I think a lot of pundits did is also. Um, so it was a pretty convincing win for uh, the incumbent Labour Party. Um, and largely, I think, due to their strong policy on border restrictions in the face of COVID, um, Queensland has fared extremely well um, compared to some other Australian states like Victoria and New South Wales. Um, yeah, Victoria got fucked. Yeah, uh, sadly they did. Um, yeah. As I was actually, a, I've been a proponent of opening borders because I don't think that um, hiding from a disease is an effective way to address it. I think that um, as a global community, we need to just fucking somehow move past it. Um, yeah. But whatever, we won't get into that. Um, so 
Yeah, we we um we have another uh, term in Queensland of a Labor majority government. Um, our girl Amy McMahon, the Greens candidate for the South Brisbane electorate. Um, won very convincingly though so yeah shout out to Amy yeah we want to give her her a clap yeah alright Amy and Um, Melbourne Reds fucking A good for her exactly Uh, (laughs) could um we need to get Amy while she's on annual leave and ask her to meet us in Bangkok (laughs) with some duty free Melbourne Reds we'll go interview that pedo yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that'll be a good a job well done yeah um, absolutely so the greens uh i mean the you know the media are using the term doubled and technically they're right they doubled their um, representation in the state parliament from one to two uh sitting right, MPs. Sick. yeah well hey so i mean it's all that's good right? yeah it is yeah. and they had a um really strong performances in uh two other um inner city brisbane electorates bordering um the two that they've actually won um so there's a bit of a a ripple effect occurring um i wouldn't be surprised if the next time around those two turn green um one of them more so than the other um i think cooper um the cooper electorate would be likely to turn green which is on the sort of northwest side of brisbane but anyway um interestingly as well though that while the greens picked up a seat um one Nation, our hard right uh, mm. party in Australia, uh, lost almost all of their vote. Um, from memory, I think they still have one representative in the state parliament, um, yeah. but the swings were <laughs> enormous against them, um, which I think speaks to people's sort of tendency to want sort of uh, establishment and a b- little bit of normality in times of crisis. Yeah, well, it's interesting because we had this kind of a similar thing here, eh? Where, like, people move towards hardline policy and ideology, whether it be sort of more, like, uh, government intervention um, with our Green Party or Libertarian, you know? And I, I think people just kind of, like, want that now. They, they don't want, like, old crony conservatism or old crony leftism, despite the fact we have this, like, major fucking, um, you know, centrist lefty w- swing. I'm kind of looking at the fact that Greens had a big surge and Labor's had a big surge, and you look over at Brisbane and it's had a big surge, you know? Like, it's definitely a shifting tide, man. Oh, yeah. People 100%. are sick of the shit. Yeah. Um, like, it's only a matter of time. Um, mm. Oh. Well, Millennials will um, inherit the earth. Um, Donald Trump, um, the the Associated Press have given Trump wins in Montana and Idaho, bringing him up to 136 electoral college points against Joe Biden's 223. Um, they sound better. I'm, I'm following Reuters and they're being real rude. Um, um, Nevada and Alaska are the only two states who are not leaning one way or the other because for some reason neither have any votes counted yet but that seems like some sort of um system error i would imagine but i don't live um, in christchurch i'd be so down to do a fat line if he fucking wins it and just like boost <laughs> out to town <laughs> <laughs> uh it would be pretty fucking great wouldn't it um oh yeah man it's it's so interesting as well looking at the i mean anyone who knows uh anything about us politics will be familiar with the geographic distribution between democratic and republican voters but it is really interesting um 
you know, seeing this this staunch red centre um, for Donald <clears> Trump in um, the the Democratic coasts and um, the, that sort of area around Colorado. Um, yeah. Do you um, know, Damon? Can I ask you? Um, are the electoral college votes determined by each state's share of the national population? Mm, no, I don't think so. I don't. I, I don't actually know. Um, I wish I did. I wish I could inform you, but I. <laughs> Um, okay, well, anyway. I am this out <laughs> right now. Because... I know there's like all these explainers everywhere, but I can never be bothered watching them, you know? And yeah. it's always like, learn the like how the political system works with animation. Uh, but yeah, I know, fuck that shit. Because, um, <laughs> like, okay, as, as like a random thought experiment, this is absolutely meaningless, but you tell me what you've what you consider to be the, the three most prominent states in the United States. California, New York, Texas. Population and output. Fucking, okay, those were the three that I would that's have chosen it. too, right? That's it. Yeah, well, the rest of them are like, what are they up to? You know, but like, that's kind of it, really. Like, New York's a financial center. Uh, California just is like a powerhouse of like entertainment, really. Um, and Texas produces just texan shit you know <laughs> and let's not forget Sil silicon valley in california yeah exactly oh yeah fuck i forgot yeah Silicon yeah. valley um which basically runs the world now so and texas is like the oil hub of the united states so by the way sorry sorry go on yeah go on. <laughs> i've got like a quick aside after you know no it's okay um so assigning electoral college <laughs> votes to those three states yeah california uh is worth 55 votes texas worth 38 and New York worth 29. Hmm. Now, I I would guess out of those three states, California has the highest population, followed by New York and then Texas. Um, I could be well wrong, but it seems to me that California, for whatever reason, has a really like disproportionately high amount of votes. Yeah. Um, 55 compared to Texas's 38 and New York's 29. I saw that. I, I don't know why, but, hmm. um, you know... Uh... Go figure. Um, it's kind of weird that this, the, I guess the deciding states are all kind of like, you know, much that don't much really less significant. Yeah. They, they don't really factor when you think about America, they just kind of seem as like random little flyby states, but whatever. Um, I guess that's probably has some interesting impact into the way that politicians, you know, decide to, to push their votes. Hmm. Yeah. Um, hmm. Um, really frustrating. I'm I'm scrolling through this long article trying to figure out how the votes are actually assigned. Like the the explainer is like, you know, each state is assigned X amount of votes. This means that blah blah blah, the popular vote doesn't necessarily translate to a presidential yeah. victory. And it's like, yeah, but what, what about that? You know, it's really weird. Votes? Yeah. Um, Reuters has Biden winning Virginia, despite the fact that Trump is currently winning Virginia, fifty percent to forty-eight percent. I just noticed where, that. Where are you getting like, the stats on? That's that Reuters. Point? That's my boy Reuters. Um, Do you know where their stats are coming from? Oh, that they're just, I'm assuming they're just getting it from wherever everyone else is. Where are everyone else getting it from? That's a fucking interesting question there. Eh? You know, that is a good question. I think a lot of them are getting them from the Associated Press. Yeah. Um, who, for whatever reason, seem to be somewhat authoritative. Um, Weird so... that they're still not calling Florida, you know, like, uh, it's fucking one, man, surely. I guess it depends on the amount of postal votes and whether or not they've been counted yet. Yeah. Um, because... 
as I mentioned earlier, there's a huge uh, discrepancy in the the proportion of postal votes that are going to be voting Democrat and Republican. So in Florida, which at the moment has a less than a 4% swing um, and a total of around 11 million votes in, um, you know, if say a million of those were post- 2 million were postal votes and the majority were Democrat, then it might swing it. But um, overall, Trump now is on 145 electoral college votes versus Joe Biden's 223. Um, I... Trump won Iowa um, to to move that, so that's interesting. Yeah, um, it's yeah. It's I don't know, like, man. It might he might win it. Might get another four fucking years, man. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I might get another four fucking beers. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that's ideally on the cards. You know, what's yeah. one of the worst things about living in a shitty small town or a shitty small city is that you can't get fucked up on a Wednesday. You know. Which is just such you, a joy. You, it's such a You pleasure. can as long as you don't expect to leave the house. Well, I mean, you can, but you know what I mean? Like you can't, you want to, you want to enjoy yourself and uh, get out there and, and be like amongst the people. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. Um, yeah. Let's, I'm just about to check Trump's Twitter. Um, Has he made an announcement yet? I don't know. He was, he said he would um, on the night of the election, but no. Six hours ago, we're looking really good all over the country. Thank you. Did you see his last post? Uh, no, I didn't. What was oh, it? Oh, man, it was like one of the funniest things I've seen. It's it's actually worth like just watching and then you can just cut it out of the fucking pot or whatever. But okay. it's um, so fucking good, man. He like, in fact, I'm going to watch it right now as well. This this video? It's the one, on yeah, it's the one that has like 700,000 fucking likes or some shit. Um, uh, makes me pumped. Eh? It's the sort of it's, it's the kind of thing. Oh, you, you okay, fucking, the one that he pinned vote, to the top vote, of his vote. Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it makes me just want to get loose, like really disgusting, like eighties loose. Oh, this is great. Yeah, man. Doesn't that make you just want to get fucking like eighties loose? You know. This is so funny. <laughs> So um, we might just keep this in the episode. I don't know. But if we do, um, this video is Trump dancing at multiple rallies to YMCA by the village people. Um, you've probably seen memes made of these dances. Um, um, and he's still rocking the hat, the, uh, the MAGA hat, um, unless this is old sort of historical footage. But it's pretty outstanding. Oh, he's just that... That's almost worth voting for, eh? You know, just that single fucking video. Hmm. Okay, it seems to be a lot more of the same now. The yeah. first minute is a lot better than the second minute. If well, I mean, it, it doesn't it change. Home. It is just the fucking... It's the same thing. Um, oh, that's great. No, it's a good video. I appreciate you uh, suggesting that. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, it's quality. Yeah, no, love it. Can't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, Trump has clinched Ohio... Uh, is on 145 points to Joe Biden's 223. They're really uh, like shelling out for Biden. Like, sure, how does he have that much? You know, showing out for Trump. You mean? No, no, Biden. Like, um, like I feel like a lot of what they're giving him is a little murky right now. Because I'm looking at the map and it looks largely red. You know, well, it's like fucking Montana. It's like they didn't even give him that. Yeah. Oh, the Guardians. No, the- yeah, the Guardians a little better. Yeah, yeah, the Guardians um, are looking a lot more, a lot, a lot redder. Um, 
it's it's quite interesting looking at the um the margins at the moment as well and thinking back to what the polls were predicting um you and i talked about this on an episode maybe one or two episodes ago and we were comparing uh the poll results between the lead up to this election with the lead up to the last um, presidential election when trump was running against hillary and in the 2016 election um polls predicted hillary to win by an average margin of around four percent um these polls had joe biden winning by an average margin of like nine um but if you look around like it really averages out depending on the state so just to um, take a, a, a red state, for example, I'm picking one at random here. Kansas has uh, Donald Trump ahead by a margin of 14% with 85% of the vote counted. Um, and then you move to New York, where you have Biden winning by 12%. So both of the margins are larger than the, um, the margin predicted in the polls, which is confusing to me. Yeah. You have... Whew, um, I think California has the largest margin to Biden at the moment at 60.4% of the vote to Biden with 29.9% to Trump. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. That's going to be fucking super interesting. Eh? The New York Times is saying that Georgia is going to tilt towards Biden. Interesting. Um, I'm kind of surprised they're saying that because looking at Reuters and The Guardian, it's like not fucking happening. You know? Well, um, yeah, I've actually noticed throughout the day, like, I'm not saying that the New York Times is necessarily incorrect about that. Like, they probably have people working for them who are far smarter than I am. But I've noticed that depending on the outlet, um, even their their coverage has been really skewed. Um, like, the traditionally left-leaning um, media outlets have been far more sort of pessimistic about Trump's um, results today than, uh, than the other way around. Yeah. Uh, which is, like, so fucking sad, you know? Like... The, the, there's not much more objective than re- election results, right? Mm, like, I think so, yeah. But they still figure out a way, and I'm sure the right, right-wing right outlets are doing the same thing, still figure out a way to skew the coverage and somehow peddle this narrative, even if it only stands off as being legitimate for one day, that, um, that supports the outcome that they would prefer to see. Um, so, yeah, the idea of Georgia going to Biden, to me, seems like a stretch. Um, Trump currently has a 7% swing in his favor with 83% of votes counted. Yeah. That would have to be crazy for Biden to steal Georgia. Um, if I look at, yeah, Fox News, they seem to be saying that, you know, Trump's got like 210 of the electoral college now. Um, this is so interesting. So the, the range of predictions. Yeah. It's fucking wild there. Real wild. I'm going to, um, check abc australia because i thought earlier they were having they seemed pretty objective to me but i'll see how they're going um okay so the guardian has joe biden 223 to trump's 145 while the abc has biden 226 to trump's 146 um with the difference being iowa um i don't know like anything about Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It's not Iowa. Um, Illinois is the the state that... Hmm, man, this shit is confusing. Um, it's clearly some... must be discrepancies in terms of where they're getting their data from. Yeah. 
But huh, needless to say, this is going to be a fucking long night and next few days ahead. Because like the the um, absentee ballots and stuff won't be finished for days, apparently. Oh, um, really? So uh, it, it could be a case or won't be finished counting for days. Um, so it could be a case if this comes down to one or two swing states and it's um, and we're waiting on a definite confirmation on the results in those states that it will be, you know, a couple of days before we actually have some sort of certainty. I'm sure it will. I'm um, sure it will come down to that. Like, I'm sure someone is going to fucking make it about that. And it's cool. going to be a nightmare. The um, Guardian has Trump winning Florida. Um Another 29 electoral college votes, putting yeah. him at 174 against Biden's 223. I've got Fox News saying he's got 210. Um, Jesus, yeah. fuck. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll oh. see. And the Even remaining though, states are all in Trump's favor right now. Like, yeah, so. This is very I don't know, man. interesting. I reckon Trump might get it, eh? I, yeah. I, I mean, my prediction was that he would. Um, I can't yeah. remember if I predicted that on the pod, but I've definitely said it to, to people in person. Um yeah so i i hope i said it on the pod so i can take credit for that but yeah yeah um, that's fucking very fascinating um well i guess that yeah well you know don't want to speak too soon we'll see what happens but that could be fucking super interesting um this is okay (laughs) if we're going just on if i was to only use the data on the guardian right now um looking at under uh yet undecided states um the only one in the democrats favor is arizona um then that has nevada which is a landslide to trump donald uh texas which trump has a six percent swing in with 80 percent of the vote counted which should be safe um against postal ballots georgia north carolina pennsylvania michigan and wisconsin all going to trump which would put him over the top yeah um which and then Alaska, which has zero percent of the votes counted, but will go to Trump, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, for that's only three votes there, but anyway. Um, Hilarious. I, yeah, I feel <laughs> I feel as though maybe although I'm enjoying this for the listeners right now, this might be losing a little bit of steam. Um, <laughs> should we wrap it up? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I I hate to say it. I'm fucking. I'm really enjoying this. I would do this for for five more hours yeah. if I had to. But oh, well, um, we could keep going. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we'll wrap it up. Um, all right. Call that beautiful. All right. Okay. Um, thank you guys for listening. As usual, remember you can hit us up on Instagram at Modern Guilt Pod. You can reach us via email modernguiltpod at gmail.com I almost just forgot what our email address was um, hang around and listen to our episode next week with Sandy Byer the national director from the Australian Republic movement and I think that's it alright yeah. thanks for listening yeah. alright peace out peace out